This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the show. If you would like to chime in at 800-922-6680. I'd love to hear from you if you got some thoughts on uh, the things we're talking about today. Um, right now, the uh, this is, uh, wow, this, uh, this little trickle has become a waterfall. The uh, Biden administration, Joe Biden, uh, the FBI knew that Joe Biden had classified top secret documents at three locations. They knew about it. Uh, they acted surprised last week when we found out about it and it came out. And And it turns out the FBI knew about it before the midterms and decided to uh, sit on it. And instead of raiding any of the Biden uh, compounds, any of the, by the Penn Biden Center or his vacation home or his home in Delaware where Hunter Biden paid $50,000 a month rent. <laughs> uh, it is just remarkable. It, it is just remarkable. But, uh, uh, you know, they raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Even though he has Secret Service protection, Mar-a-Lago is Fort Knox. I've been there. And the FBI and DOJ had gone there and visited and said, go ahead and keep the top secret documents, Mr. President. It's no big deal. If we need them, we'll get back in touch with you. The, uh, the National Archives were completely aware of it. And then the FBI decided, I wonder if it's related to Joe Biden's secret documents thing, that they'd maybe blow that up on Donald Trump's side to distract from the secret documents in Joe Biden. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking out loud. And generally when I do that, I'm right. Because, you know, I got this thing called common sense. It's weird. It used to be common. Emails uh, on Hunter Biden's laptop from Hell show. Hunter paid $49,910 a rental de- uh, deposit to the House of Sweden for an office for the Biden family business venture with the infamous CEFC China Energy Corporation. The Biden family had previously negotiated a deal with CEFC whereby President Joe Biden, the big guy, would receive 10% equity state in the joint venture, according to whistleblower Tony Bobolinsky. Hunter's $49,910 deposit also matches the amount of money he logged as rent for housing in a 2018 background check document unearthed by the New York Post's Miranda Devine. The document additionally reveals Hunter Biden uh, checked the box showing he was as the current, uh, the owner of the current residence. It's not clear why Hunter Biden noted that he owned the residence. But think about this. Uh, you got a crack addicted son who's an alcoholic and he really loves them prostitutes. And, uh, you know, maybe he needs a little help. You invite him to live at your house to kind of get his life together and stay in the basement. And you charge him $50,000 a month. <laughs> It makes a lot of sense. Sure, yeah, sure. Sure, it was rent. It was it was rent. It was rent. Dear God. Lauren Bobert, uh, she was just reelected, slammed Biden over the $50,000 a month rent payments. She suggested that a disclosure form from Hunter Biden listing a massive monthly rent payment to his father, Joe Biden, was really money laundering. I think I saw the Craigslist ad on the home. It said uh, like 10 bedrooms, five bathrooms, and free money laundry. 
just it's just right there. It's like the garage sale signs that Joe Biden ran on Facebook uh, Marketplace and Craigslist, you know, a couple summers ago, and they were in Chinese. It's just kind of weird. That really didn't happen. I just made that up because it's a joke, and he's a joke. But this isn't funny. <laughs> According to the New York Post, Hunter Biden lived at the Delaware home in question off and on with uh, where recent news uh, reports said classified documents were kept in the garage. Lauren Boebert tweeted, paying $50,000 a month in rent is just not something that normal people do. That sounds a whole lot like money laundering. Yeah, nobody pays $50,000 in rent. Even, even uh, what was it? It was uh, the actor, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Turns out he has a... He has a a, a property in Manhattan that he pays $29,000 a month, I think. $29,000 a month. Well, Robert De Niro's just an idiot. <laughs> you know, honestly, he's just, he's just an idiot. Following uh, revolutions, Hunter Biden was paying uh, paying his father, President Joe Biden, 49910 in monthly rent to live at a Delaware residence where confidential documents were discovered. You can't make this up. It appears, according to War Room, Steve Bannon's awesome site, funds for the arrangement came from Rosemont Seneca Advisors. That's a Hunter Biden company. Yeah. Two documents from the uh, first son's hard drive, which, be careful, revealed that the consulting firm, which was uh, involved in Hunter Biden's Chinese Communist Party-linked business ventures, was a source of funds for the astronomically high rent. Entities that comprise Hunter Biden's income, according to documents, include LLCs tied to the Chinese Communist Party and its foreign influence operations. Wow. (laughs) I mean, just wow. The Republican House of Representatives is the firewall. And while they may not be able to achieve the uh, legislative ends that we would like them to, because, you know, the, uh, the Senate and, uh, you know, a whole lot of BS in races like, I don't know, Nevada and uh, Arizona, which uh, kept Democrats in control of the Senate. I don't know. I'm just saying. Probably legit in Arizona, I mean, because, you know, that, that was completely on the up and up, that, uh, that election down there. But what the GOP can do is expose and embarrass and uh, investigate. Yeah, yeah. And there's other stuff we need to get to, uh, including, I don't know if you heard this, but, uh, you know, I don't blame people for getting the vaccine. I did not take the vaccine. I was very fortunate that I could not take the vaccine. And the reason why I did not take the vaccine, as I've explained, and if you're tuning in for the very first time, uh, when I was 32 years old, I had a mitocardial infarction. That is a heart attack. And the reason why I did is because I had a strep throat, really high temperature, through a blood clot. Not sure exactly what happened, but I had a heart attack. And it scared the crap out of me. Uh, I've been able to recover fully. Thank you. But uh, that's why I didn't do it. Uh, And I was an independent contractor. I worked on my own. And then I also worked at a car dealership at the time that COVID came around. They didn't require that I get the vaccine. So I didn't do it. Those who did take the vaccine or have to take the vaccine, uh, some are quite satisfied with the vaccine. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine with you. My children took the vaccine. I made myself known. I said I didn't think it was necessary. But, you know, there's only so much you can do when you are outvoted. 
So, you know, my wife has the vaccine. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not afraid for her. I'm not afraid for my kid's safety. Um, but there are some things we need to ask, and there are some things, of some people who need to be held accountable. A report from the FAA, the uh, Federal Aviation Administration, and uh, I don't know if you know that Pete Bootygig was uh, is in charge of it. He's a transportation secretary. And if you've noticed, there are a lot of things that have been happening with the FAA. Last week, for the first time since 9-11, every flight in America was stopped. Every flight in America. First time since 9-11 that happened. Because there was a, an engineer had loaded the wrong program or something. And that's a line of crap, too, by the way. But that said, the, a new report from the FAA admits that the EKGs of pilots are no longer normal. All right? They changed the, uh, the protocol with regard to um, the EKG necessary to be a successful airline pilot. Because, you know, there's this thing called safety that uh, is necessary. So apparently after the, uh, the vaccine was rolled out, the FAA secretly widened the EKG parameter range for pilots so they wouldn't be grounded. In October of 2022, uh, the, the FAA, gu- FAA Guide for Aviation Medical Examiners, the FAA quietly widened the EKG perimeters beyond the normal range. And they didn't widen the range by a little. They widened it, apparently, by a lot. And it was done after the vaccine rollout. That's um, kind of shocking, don't you think? Kind of shocking when you've got all this stuff going on with regard to uh, young people dying, being hospitalized. It's no longer deniable. There is a link The Surgeon General of the state of Florida recommended against 18 to 49-year-old males from getting the vaccine because of mitocarditis. And he was shredded by the media because, for some reason, the federal government decided anything you have to say about vaccine efficacy, vaccine injury, including you couldn't even quote the government site for reporting a vaccine injury. It would be you couldn't put it. On your social media. They called it misinformation. <laughs> it's remarkable. It's remarkable. And then, and then last week, uh, CNN's uh, reliably leftist center, Dr. Lena Wynn, told you about this yesterday, penned an op-ed in the Washington Post. And she argued that the, uh, the U.S. had been vastly overcounting COVID deaths and hospitalizations. Yeah. Yeah. In August of 2020, uh, Gateway Pundit reported that less than 10,000 Americans died from the China virus alone with their complications or only 6% of what was reported. This was based on public CDC data. Okay. In May of 2021, the CDC updated their numbers to 5% of all deaths related to COVID were COVID-only deaths, meaning that people would go to the hospital and they would uh, have a broken ankle. And they would immediately get tested for, for for COVID. And if they tested positive, they were considered a COVID patient. And they had to receive coded protocols. And the government paid for them. <laughs> there were people, I, I, I mentioned this yesterday, my, my, I had a friend whose father's death was taken from him by the CDC. They said on his death certificate he died of COVID. He didn't die of COVID. He died of uh, uh, dementia uh, and other related uh, 
afflictions, but he also had COVID, and so they said he died of COVID on his death certificate. Why? Ka-ching. Ka-ching. Here is uh, Lena Wynn, Dr. Lena Wynn, who admits that very few people died of COVID. It's interesting that I have had criticism on both sides. There are people who have said, well, why are you saying that we're overcounting COVID deaths now? You should have said this two and a half years ago. There are others who have said, well, we're not overcounting them and there yeah, are various reasons as to why. Yeah, you were. I think at the end of the day, we just need the truth. And part of that truth is what you mentioned. Oh, wait, wait, wait. After all the lying, she now wants the truth. Which is that oh, vaccines are highly protective, that vaccines are very effective, they're very safe, and vulnerable groups, including pregnant women, pregnant individuals, should be getting vaccinated. At the same time, we should also be honest about who was dying from COVID during the early parts of the pandemic versus who is dying from COVID now. I think that type of honest, transparent reporting is really important, including for fostering trust in public health. Oh, no, you already shot that to hell. Uh, There will never be any renewed trust in the CDC or the HHS or uh, any of that. You, You screwed the pooch on that one, kids. You screwed the pooch on that one. I've got I've got more on this coming up. Uh, moron being the uh, the uh, key word there. We got a lot of morons in charge, <laughs> including uh, Senator Ron Johnson saying what I said um, about a year ago that there would be a point when this is all and said and done. We need uh, another set of Nuremberg trials. And oddly enough, last week on Twitter trending Nuremberg two, Nuremberg two. A lot of people uh, uh, tagging their tweets Nuremberg two because they're recognizing. <laughs> They're recognizing the lies that were told to us. Yeah. Uh, the number here is 800-922-6680. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Here's to a record-setting president. Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. I wouldn't be uh, talking about this today if the last couple of years I hadn't been uh, shut down so many times about everything uh, from uh, questioning the COVID virus, questioning vaccine mandates, questioning uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, questioning Russian disinformation. When when they posited this, uh, this idea of Russian disinformation in 2015, I said it's nonsense because uh, Russia has no compelling interest in having Donald Trump be the president because uh, he had telescoped and he had told the country the world that he was a hawk on defense he was a hawk on the economy he was a hawk on america first and uh and uh, he uh he, he was um uh he was not going to make it an easy road for russia so russia would only have an interest in hillary clinton being the president because uh, they had already given her hundreds of million dollars hundreds of millions of dollars and then just look it up just look at the clinton foundation the global initiative it, all the money came from russia Okay, there you go. That's simple. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Just pay attention. And then we come into uh, we come into COVID. And now I remember I was working at a car dealership. I had to sell cars. I should not I had to do it for three years while doing a podcast. While before I was discovered by the great Chris Ruddy, who runs Newsmax. Awesome. And I was like, oh, this is really bad. And we were all kind of scared at the beginning. We're like, oh, man, there's somebody. I remember my friend Sam. He's like, <coughs> a little cough. I said, Sam, maybe I ought to go home. So we didn't know at that time. We thought maybe this was, you know, and remember originally when COVID was happening, they showed like somebody in China. They just fell down just in the middle of nowhere thinking, oh, my God, this is just like that movie with Dustin Hoffman. And then I said, oh, you know, I better, oh, I better pay attention to this because 
something's weird. Something weird because I don't you know about a month or two in, nobody in the dealership had gotten it. And so there's a hospital near the dealership, and I drive up to the big, biggest hospital in Johnson County, Kansas, which you're thinking, oh, that's a Hickville, USA. No, 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 no. Uh, Johnson County, Kansas is a very... Uh, uh, it's a very predominant, uh, predominant, it is a, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a highly populous county. I'll just tell you that. Um, and there are a lot of, uh, high income earners in, uh, Johnson County, like that really matters. But anyway, there's this hospital there and I would drive by every night thinking, man, they must be packed with COVID patients. Oh, it's got to be upside down over there. People are dying left and right. Uh, in New York city, Donald Trump, he had committed to two hospital ships, one to LA, one to New York to cover all the people never used. And then there was this talk about, oh, everybody needs a, you need a respirator because the people are going to die because they're in the respirator, respirator, respirator. So the, uh, Donald Trump said, okay, we'll send you respirators. And he, he sent like 15,000 respirators to New York City. Never used, not one of them. And I went, huh, that's weird. But when I was driving by the hospital parking lot, there was never anybody there. Never anybody there. One night I actually walked into the emergency room just to see nobody there. And I went, huh, this is kind of weird. I think this is kind of kind of weird. And my daughter was out of school. She literally had no education for six months because they didn't have a protocol for being able to adapt to schools being shut down. And then when she went back to school, it was hybrid learning. And then she had to wear a stupid, stupid mask for a year. And uh, nobody in her high school died of COVID. And it's weird because I don't know anybody who died of COVID. So I'm the luckiest man alive. Or maybe like Dr. Lena Wynn said, uh, not very many people died of COVID. This is uh, Steve Dace. He's got a, uh, a terrific podcast that Steve is uh, somebody I've gotten to know. And he's talking to Ron Johnson about uh, the possibility of a second Nuremberg trial for all of the malfeasance of the governments around the world with regard to COVID and the destruction of lives for no reason. Is there enough appetite out there, even in the general population, let alone where you work, to actually have accountability so this doesn't happen again. So go back after World War II. <clears throat> the reason the Nuremberg trials, one of the, one of the reasons that, that it was made possible is because Eisenhower made sure the camps were exposed and photographed and those horrors were revealed to the world. Um, that's why the first step here is exposure. Yes, the first is exposure. Now, here is uh, Senator Ron Johnson last year. He did a roundtable talking about mitocarditis. Now, this is why uh, he's talking now about Nuremberg trials. Listen real close. So can the vaccine cause myocarditis or inflame the heart? We now have data from multiple sources. The American Heart Association meetings this year from Dr. Lin, Dr. Wang writing for Cell Research, Dr. Avio. Did he say Dr. Wen? Uh, Avolio in clinical research all have elegantly shown that the spike protein, which the current mRNA vaccine products ask the body to make, are cardiotoxic and cause the heart to be inflamed. Well, well, Let well. Let that sink in. I, I did. I let that sink in. I let it sink in big time. Now, uh, we're going to have to expose this, and people are going to have to pay for what they did to us. And I'm talking about not only uh, if there were vaccine injuries in your life, being able to sue, uh, but also to go after the government for all of the crap they put us through, shutting down our businesses, destroying our lives. Uh, payback has to happen to prevent this crap from happening again. All right. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Take a breather. Chill out. Come back.
Hey guys, it's Rob Carson. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word ROB to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With over 20 years of experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting ROB to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, secure your gold. Start today with the free info kit. There's no obligation to make this request. Just text ROB to 989898. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. We have much to get to. As I mentioned, uh, this has to be the year that we uh, have a new peaceful American revolution against wokeism, uh, against uh, thought control and all the nonsense that's been happening the last couple of years. And, and I think we are beginning to chip away at the foundation of all this nonsense. Joining me on the Newsmax hotline is Anthony Raimondi, uh, gay conservative, social media influencer, contributor to Gays Against Groomers and Prosecute Fauci. Hello, Anthony. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I want to ask you this, Anthony, as a, uh, as a gay conservative. Um, do you think all of this uh, transgender... Uh, teaching in school, the sexualization of children in school, this uh, choosing of uh, multiple genders, 160 genders and all that. Do you suppose it's not, well, of course it's doing damage to our children. Do, do you also suppose it is doing damage to uh, to the gay population? 150%. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, they look, the gay community has come a really long way, um, especially... I mean, it's 2023. Nobody has or had problems in the last, what, 20 years now with, uh, you know, the lifestyle, the adoption of children by gay people, yeah. the, uh, us being able to get married. It's like with all this wokeism, it, it, it took us way back no. to where we started. Yeah. Well, you know what? The thing is, it, it's... Um... It is uh, overplaying the hand. It is an overcorrection. It is a it is a a power grab. Uh, when whenever the left sees a little light in the in the distance, they go for it all all in. The moment that they get a victory, they consider it a mandate, and then they start forcing crap down your throat. Uh, I personally, I am a conservative. I have officiated two gay weddings. Thank you very much. I don't care. I've never cared if uh, gay people wanted to adopt. Uh, I've, I've told my children from the day they were born i said that if a if two people want to commit their lives together uh for life then i should celebrate that because you know what there are a lot of heteros out there who do a whole hell of a lot worse and it'll all be figured out after we die so enough 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 uh if you're going to commit to someone for life i don't care 
I don't right. care. All right. If you think it's a sin, think it's a sin. Uh, you know, we'll see how uh, both of us are uh, judged after after our death. Yeah. But in the meantime, it is it is about overplaying a hand by a radical, radical uh, uh, portion of the population who have hijacked the gay uh, yeah. trans agenda. I'm so glad you said hijack because I say that all the time. It legit. I mean, it's legitimately been hijacked. And you, you know, I don't know about you, but I remember being a kid in school and like I was mortified to even know that my teacher was married, let alone uh, teaching us sex or using different, you know, adult toys in the classroom and showing it <laughs> like this is like gone. This is it should be common sense at this point, Rob. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Uh, remarkable and and also you know it, it, I was I was I've got a couple stories I'm going to cover this morning but um, for instance uh, there are municipalities around the country getting rid of the thin blue line flag the the flag that yeah. um, that is uh, represents police officers there's nothing offensive about it nothing racist nothing whatever about it they want to get rid of it they're calling it white supremacists they're calling it this and that and this and that but they're hanging up pride flags so I guess it kind of depends on who whose flag you wave right because the bad right. the bad flags the conservative flags get shut down they're called white supremacists they're called hateful they're called whatever but if you got the right flag if you've got the pride flag uh, if you've got the blm flag then you're perfectly fine right yeah i was gonna say the blm flag too it's so it's funny how that happens well and the rainbow flag by the way is not the rainbow flag anymore you know they've added circles and all kinds of stuff to it so <laughs> what exactly is it i mean are we just throwing you know cartoon characters up on the flag now we're like oh it's inclusive yeah i, I think it's kind of interesting and, and just uh, as an aside uh I, i'm i'm amazed that a a uh, uh a sexual persuasion was able to actually own a, a climatological event. Uh, I think that uh, straight people should own the tornado or something. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and what is it? The gender unicorn, I guess. Is that, I mean, isn't that kind of an insult to gay people as well? Uh, oh, it is. <laughs> don't you kind of go, oh, yeah, great. We're a rainbow now. I mean, I, right. I don't care if you're gay or otherwise. Uh, there are a lot of gay people going, really, a rainbow? We had to choose a rainbow, right? <laughs> Well, not only that, but they only use you till, you know, for Pride Month in June, all the companies change their, you know, so they're only making money off of you for a month and then you don't matter all the other months. But does this, isn't this just so pandery? <laughs> isn't this just so bloody pandery? When you, it do is. you ever look at, it's like, oh, hey, look at, uh, at Papa John's this month. It's Pride Month. So I can get an order of cheese bread with my pizza. <laughs> what the hell? What does it matter? Like, <laughs> What does it matter? Like, I never, you know, whoever you have sex with is fine, but why do we need to add it? Like, hey, here's a pizza, and are you gay? Uh, what? <laughs> or are you tolerant? Or are you tolerant? Are you tolerant? Yeah, yeah, you know, now I know you've heard about this story. Philadelphia Flyers defenseman, even. Provorov. He is a devout Russian Orthodox Christian, and he refused to wear his team's gay pride jersey Tuesday night. Apparently, they they wear the gay pride jersey for the warm up, right? I don't know whatever, I get, I get, whatever you want to call that. The warm up. You, you might yeah. call it. You might even call it foreplay. I don't even know. But it's a warm up. It it's a warm up. Uh, but, but he said, "I'm not going to wear the jersey," and it, it's because of his religious beliefs. Okay, that's fine. There are some people like if I were this guy, I'd say no. I'm not going to wear this stupid jersey because it's stupid. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Hey, listen, if I was in his position and, you know, there, if I was a gay NFL player, a gay football player, I would say the same thing. I'd be like, this has nothing to do with the game. Why am I wearing this? That's just it. 
It has nothing to do with the game. Play the game. Yes. <laughs> Wear your normal jersey. Like, nobody cares. You know, it, it, it's funny. And, and I think it wasn't Ron DeSantis who's going after the NHL because the NFL, NHL was going to do this workshop because there are too many white guys who play hockey. And so oh, they want to get black guys and gay guys and Asian guys and all that. Um, but the problem is uh, white guys like to play hockey. That's just the way it is. <laughs> all right. Have you been to a ski slope lately? Have you? Right. Not a very diverse crowd. Okay. No. It's all white people. Right. <laughs> how are you going to force somebody, by the way, to, to pl- say, hey, you're black. You have to learn how to play hockey. And they're going to be like, why? Yeah. I like basketball. No, no, no. See, now you're just a racist. You, oh, think, yeah, you right. think that only black people like basketball. You are a racist. Well, you know what? Not only, I think even though you're gay, you're a homophobe, too. Oh, and I'm a transphobe, yes. and I'm a, a self-hating gay. That's what they call me. <laughs> it is amazing. You know, it, literally, you are a contributor to a, 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 a group of people who are called gays against groomers because they see the damage that the radical left is doing to gay rights and the perception of gay Americans, and they call you uh, homophobic because of that. Yeah, they do. They call me homophobic. They call me transphobic. Here's, the kick, here's what's really going to uh, astonish everybody. It, within the organization Gays Against Groomers, we also have a lot of people from the left that are trans or gay that are tired of the left wokeism. Yeah. So they're they're also like, whoa, this gives us a really bad look, guys. Like, this is not what we're for. Well, you know, and I'm not even, you know, a lot of times you'll say, well, you know, it's going to cause people to beat up gay people and all that. No, it's not. I think, I think the average American just looks at it and goes, shut up. All right, just, yeah. just shut up. Uh, this this uh, this movement in uh, from the left has not changed my perception of gay people. Uh, I know many many gay people. That's an old standard. I know gay people, so therefore, but but honestly, uh, I I know and and I know that that most of my gay friends would be embarrassed by this crap. Yeah, I am embarrassed. We are embarrassed, and there's a, and there are a lot of people, and even drag queens that come forward in messages and they say thank you for what you're doing you know at the end of the day they're also scared that they're going to lose their job because drag is a job it's an entertainment business and it's meant for adults it's adult entertainment so the fact that they have to deal with this you know, they can lose their jobs for just saying that they don't agree with it. You know, it's, it's interesting because in uh, Shakespearean times, women were not allowed on the stage. So men dressed in drag to fulfill those roles. The same sort of pathos was involved with regard to blackface in the early 1920s, eliminating black people from entertainment by putting white actors up there and painting their faces black. Uh, right. So there's a little bit of that going on uh, with regard to uh, but, to drag. But but and, and it's odd that, that so many people don't say, well, you know, you're culturally appropriating or you know, this is a, a essentially blackface with regard to uh, women, but it's not. It's not. It is a. It is a uh, uh, an artful medium. It is body frequently. It is entertaining. The idea of a man dressing as a woman, as a woman dressing as a man. Victor Victoria, anybody? I used to go to drag shows in Minneapolis. There was a club up there because it was a great show. I yeah. was I was even invited into the dressing room. Uh, and, oh, and to, God bless you. And to meet and to meet some <laughs> of the people doing this. I don't care if if yeah. none of them I did identified as women they knew they were men dressed as women some do identify as women and that's fine i will go down that road if that's the way you want to be treated don't force me to use a pronoun i will make the pro- i will do the pronoun when i am comfortable using the pronoun don't force me but don't you see this this is really really screwing up uh, a genre of entertaining attaining and 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 perverting it's it's wrecking it's yes. wrecking drag isn't it Oh, 100%. I mean, 
it, it really is an art form. I mean, a lot of these men do this as entertainment and make great money doing it. But it is, it's a, it's a whole persona they take on. And it, it's an art form. And it is being ruined because I don't know if these parents bringing the kids to drag shows think that they're patting themselves on the back. Yes, and saying, they well, do. That's ex- yes. <laughs> they it, do. holier than thou. <laughs> like, I, I'm taking them to a drag show because... I accept you. Well, girl, we don't need you to accept us. We're fine. Yeah, go up there, uh, son. I know you're only four, but put the dollar bills between her large uh, breast implants with the pasties on. Okay? I wouldn't do that in a drag club, uh, let alone make my kid do it. It it really is. I have nothing against drag performers, but for lack of a better expression, this is really putting a a drag on drag performances and making it seem like they're all a bunch of perverts. That's not true. 100%. 100%. And you know what? To be fair, I wouldn't take my niece or nephew to a strip club either. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, I mean... Well, listen, you, you, you look at a, a drag performance uh, many times. If you go to a strip club, I'm not, I've heard about them. I never went there when I was in my 20s or 30s ever. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it, it, they're similar. Uh, it, it is meant to be a uh, semi-sexual performance uh, with, yeah. with a drag. There's also the, the element of comedy involved. Um, and, and there is also some shows are um, rated R. Like when you go see a, uh, I had a friend uh, uh, who is a stand-up comedian. He's done a lot of shows on cruise ships, and he's got two different shows. He's got the regular show, and he's got the after-hour show. You don't right. bring the kids to the after-hour show. Well, and that's the thing is like, it, look, the the one that happened here, I think it was in Miami that we were supposed to go to and shut it down. I think DeSantis said he's going to look into it. They were dry humping each other from behind <laughs> on the stage. Now, this was a family friendly event yeah. and the drag queens were talking about their their parts but using the nasty, dirty terms for it's it gross. while their breasts were out. It's grotesque. Yes. It, it, it is grotesque. Now, you know, listen, uh, drag queens, men dressing in drag have been a part of entertainment for as long as entertainment has been entertainment. I, I referred to uh, Shakespearean times. Uh, Dame Edna. Nobody ever gave second thoughts to Dame Edna. Dame Edna was not wearing pasties at a club rubbing his butt in people's faces and asking for dollar bills. It's ridiculous. And I think it's, it's all about overplaying a, play, a, a hand and ultimately Ultimately, Anthony Raimondo, I think it's damaging to people who are gay. It is. It really is. And I hope that people really start, and I think they are, I think they're starting to realize what it is that we're seeing and what we're talking about. But we're not talking about, uh, you know, this these beautiful beauty queen drag performers that are walking up and doing, you know, a rated G show and pretending to be like Liza Minnelli. We're talking about sexually explicit, disgusting, yeah. funny for adults. Yeah. We would laugh our butts off. Yeah. But but when you bring an eight year old, uh, dude, I can't. If I'm yeah. with my parent, I'm 38 years old. If I'm with my parents <laughs> now and a sex scene comes on HBO, I want to <laughs> crawl under a table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. My daughter is uh, is 17 years old. She's been watching RuPaul's Drag Race for years. Yeah. I don't have a problem with watching Ru- RuPaul's Drag Queen, a drag uh, drag uh, show. She actually gets makeup tips. I'm not kidding. These these oh, sure. th- these men know more about makeup than a woman ever dreamed of. 
<laughs> you know, and and so I just think it's 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 an overreach, it's an overplay of a hand. And Anthony, I believe that 2023 is going to be a year of an American revolution to to fight back against this stuff. I, I really feel it's coming, um, and I hope you do as well. All right. Oh, I do. I really feel it. I do. And there's going to be many more like me that are speaking up. Uh, I see it every day. Good, good. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today um, yeah. because I just I don't have time for this. I don't have a time to watch people who have struggled so long. I mean, when I was a kid, I'm about 19 years old of you. When I was a kid, people beat up gay people. Uh, people made fun of gay people. You, Harvey Milk, you know, I'm not, you know, he's very left of center. But, but there was, being gay in this country was really damn hard for a long time. Yeah, and, it was. And what they're doing is they are, they are just destroying the advances that the gay, the gay people, good, decent gay people have made in the last 50 years in our lives. And that's the thing is, real quick, when you see people are writing these, you know, they're vandalizing these libraries that are supposed to have these drag shows. I don't agree with vandalism. That's no. wrong. No. But, but they've created these monsters that are coming out. And now people who were seemingly okay with it are now feeling threatened because they're like, wait, my kids are threatened by this yeah. now. Yeah. Now I'm coming after you. Yeah. Well, I'm hopefully it's going to turn around. I do appreciate having your, uh, you on the show today. Uh, where can people find you on social media, sir? My handle is conservative ant a n t on all platforms. You can find conservative, me on- conservative ant. I love it, Anthony. Let's have you on again soon, okay? Yes, please. Thank all you right. so much. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. They impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, I got a lot of stuff I need to get to before the end of the show, including Sheila Jackson Lee uh, basically saying uh, white people uh, no longer have the First Amendment right to freedom of expression. You're thinking, oh, you're just being, it's just nonsense. This is pure, you know. Uh, no, it's real. It's real. When you when you hear what she's proposing, and she's insane. She's an insane, awful racist person. Uh, you'll be, I think you'll be a little shocked if you haven't heard it already, by the way. If you haven't heard it already. Oh, the Biden administration wants to bring back mask mandates on flights, by the way. Now that their uh, COVID uh, narrative, uh, their COVID overreach, their malfeasance has been exposed, uh, they want those masks back because masks broadcast fear. That's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Joe Biden's administration fighting to reinstate a federal mask mandate for air travel. There's no other reason. COVID is not spreading. More people are not dying. This on the, this week we find out literally about 5% of people died exclusively from COVID. Even Lena Wynn wrote about it in the Washington Post. And yet they want to bring back the mask on flights because they can, you see, because you can. And, and Joe Biden just literally uh, two weeks ago, after saying four months ago that the pandemic was over, he reinstated the uh, COVID emergency, which gives him the opportunity to do stupid crap like this, reinstating mask mandates. And you know what we have to do? We have to say, hell no. Hell no. And listen to this. This is a story I didn't cover. Steven Spielberg feared COVID was an extinction-level event which inspired him to make The Fablemans because he thought it would be his last film. This is a court of, a sort of irrational fear that the government created by shutting down dissent, by shutting down any type of 
questioning of the virus, the protocols, the reaction. He said, I was terrified this was the end of days, an epic level event. I mean, an extinction level event that was going to happen in the world. This is the kind of mania that is inspired when the government has control of everything, including freedom of expression. Otherwise, intelligent people do stupid crap like Steven Spielberg, worried about the end of the world. While he was terrified about an extinction level event, I personally knew in my heart it was bullcrap. And now I know I'm right. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. Joining us at the bottom of the hour is uh, David Horowitz, the author of The Final Battle. Uh, the things that I've been talking about, you know, if you look at the last couple of years with regard to, uh, I don't know, Antifa, BLM, January the 6th, the uh, election of 2020, the election of 2016, COVID, cancel culture, etc., you kind of go, Why, when, when did the world get insane? When, the, when did the United States go insane? Uh, is it really being driven by real events, or is it just being created to uh, destroy the country? And uh, he is going to share uh, details from his book. And uh, I think you will be enlightened, because none of this is normal, and none of this is good. None of this is normal, and none of this is good, and you know it, and you felt this for a long time. Also, I want to mention this. There is another new book out. It's called Crushed Big Tech's War on Free Speech. Uh, Ken Buck has written this book, and uh, he has been on Rob Schmidt's show to talk about it on Newsmax. Uh, you'll find out how Google uses searches, networks, Gmail, even YouTube to censor conservatives. If you haven't been there, I can just tell you it's been happening to me. Uh, it is uh, painfully obvious. And uh, now there is a, a, a federal lawsuit in court uh, about this. Twitter, uh, Elon Musk has unveiled this, and it is without a doubt happening. So... Uh, it is, a, it is a, a terrific new book, and I'll give you details on how to get that uh, as the show progresses. Uh, okay, so um, uh, did you ever kind of wonder why the DOJ uh, suddenly, when Joe Biden became the president, maybe a little bit before, decided that the biggest threat to the country was uh, white supremacy? Did you, did you wonder why that is? Did you go, oh, I, I don't know any white supremacists, uh, I'm a white guy, and nobody, I know, I've never even met a white supremacist in my life. I've seen some white supremacists made fun of on television, you know, Blues Brothers and, you know, stuff like that. I, I don't take the, the racist uh, past of the country with some individuals for uh, granted. I'm, I'm, I'm completely aware of it. But as far as a rise of white supremacy in this country, <laughs> that's laughable. It doesn't exist. Here's uh, Al Sharpton talking about uh, Sheila Jackson Lee's new attempt to stop white people from talking. White guilt is a good reason. White guilt is a good reason. White guilt is a good reason to give. We got to get rid of Aunt Jemima because George Floyd. Better hurry up and reparate. Otherwise, it is much too late. Five million bucks, Frisco wants to pay. Reparations will be. Here to stay and won't want no white people around Won't want no white people around me One more time At Jemima and Uncle Ben yeah. 
symbols I use to shake it down again. <laughs> we want money from the liberal fat cats who ruined our city run by Democrats. Give it and the won't, won't know white people round. Won't, won't know white people round. Don't need no white people round me. You know, you're just, you're just complaining. You, 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 you're privileged. Your whole life you've been privileged. You know, uh, I would love, I would have loved to have seen Kamala Harris walk in my shoes growing up. Because while she was riding a bus for a little while uh, on her uh, way to her private school in Berkeley with her uh, rich uh, parents, uh, I, was, uh, I was poor and living on a farm and working in farm fields starting at 10. Yeah, yeah. But you don't get pulled over by the police. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you know, uh, please. Give me a break. We're Americans. There's a reason why this, this is happening, and it's to divide us. It's nonsensical. You know, you got a, a group of people who feel like because they may have seen an incidence of racism that suddenly racism is worse than it's ever been. No, not really. Uh-uh. A lot of this, this uh, BS about, uh, you know, white supremacy is all created by a generation of people who never had a war, Never had a civil rights struggle. Uh, have lived fairly coddled existence, and they need a meaning. And so they create bogeymen. Yeah. House Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee of Tejas introducing legislation that would end free speech for white people. I know, yeah, sure. Good luck with that there, Sheila. The representative wants to define hate speech that only white people can be charged with. <laughs> In her Leading Against White Supremacy Act of 2023, which uh, clearly suggests that the bill only applies to white people, white people uh, w- could, would not be allowed to ask questions about open borders, criticize minorities, or advocate for preserving a- American culture. Under the legislation, uh, Jackson Lee, a white person, could face federal imprisonment, imprisonment for simply posting online about the impact of Biden's open borders. Immigration on American uh, culture, uh, uh, similar to what is happening in some far-left European countries where the government targets its own citizens. A person engages in white supremacy-inspired hate speech when white supremacy ideology has motivated the planning, development, preparation, or perpetration of actions that constituted a crime or were undertaken in furtherance of activity, if effectuated, would have constituted a crime, the bill from Jackson Lee reads, which means... Uh, nothing. It's academic gobbledygook meant to confuse you. Don't be fooled. If federal investigators determine that the web postings of a third party had inspired someone else, even someone they don't know to commit a federal hate crime, that person would be arrested and charged federally with a hate crime of their own. So if you did a post about Biden's open borders and somebody uh, went bananas and shot somebody, you could be charged for it. Lee targets Americans who are in favor of border security, calling out replacement theory by name. Now, replacement theory is nonsense. You just created this, by the way. Democrats have been quite proud of the fact that they want to flood the country with illegal immigrants to upset the balance of power. That is without a doubt. They've actually talked about it in Democrat history. I've seen it time and time again. It wasn't until this last, oh, I don't know, year or two, they decided to call it replacement theory and say that white people are worried that uh, uh, brown people are going to take over the country. But it's kind of weird because a new study shows that uh, uh, the people most injured by waves of low-skilled Illegals are black men. 
Illegal immigration to the United States in recent decades has tended to depress both wages and employment rates for low-skilled American workers. A disproportionate uh, number of, of them are black men. That's kind of weird. I wanted to throw that in there because I found the story and I was like, oh, that kind of relates to this, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> replacement theory. Uh, yeah. Uh, as the legislation explains, two people could be charged in relation to the same lone wolf style attack if at least one of them published material advancing white supremacy. White supremacist ideology. Antagonism based on replacement theory or hate speech that vilifies or is otherwise directed against any non-white person or group, even if they don't know each other. This is about shutting down a free speech. This is about creating something that doesn't exist. This is about shutting down any sort of, well, like they did with misinformation and disinformation. They tried to shut down uh, speech. This is just a furtherance of it. This is codifying it. And it's kind of funny. Here is, uh, here's Sheila Jackson Lee. This is all she is concerned about, racism. Institutional racism and systemic racism taints and spoils uh, the way that America treats, in one instance, African Americans and other instances, minorities. The dastardly impacts of white nationalism, white supremacy, and outright racism. Racism is a national security threat. No, racism is a national security threat. No, racism not. is a national security threat. No. Institutional racism does exist. No, and until doesn't. we accept that, we will not finish our job. We will not elect a chief bigot of the United States. Of and if you disagree with anybody, you're a bigot. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's kind of funny because a new poll shows that two-thirds of American voters say critical race theory is further dividing young people. Americans are realizing the truth about critical race theory curricula. It's designed to create division and stoke racial tensions. 69% of voters with an opinion on the issue believe the critical race theory curriculum that teaches white culture is inherently evil, further divides ethnic groups and races among American youth. That's what it's supposed to do. 31% of voters with an opinion believe that critical race theory curricula that teaches that white culture is inherently evil helps promote racial uh, uh, healing and reconciliation amongst uh, American youth. 31%. Most people know what it is. It's a lie created out of whole cloth from nothing. This is Candace Owens. I love, uh, love some Candace Owens. And here she is talking about um, uh, what happens if this bill by Sheila Jackson Lee is allowed to pass and freedom of speech is able to be restricted uh, against white people. What are they possibly thinking? How would this work? I mean, what about black-on-black criticism? Would, oh. they, would they lock me up for saying something like, you know, Sheila Jackson is fundamentally a low IQ hateful... You can say things that are racist. You, you can, because uh, the First Amendment was created for unpopular speech. Racism sucks. I hate it. People who are racist, I shun. But they can say it. They can say it. Individual, I'm just saying that I don't want to go to prison. I'm giving you a what-if scenario. If I did say that, would I go to prison? And how is this going to run parallel to their decriminalization efforts, right? They, they don't want any black and brown people in prison. They want them all to be on the streets. Uh, but at the same time, they're saying that they will lock us up. And by the way, would this extend to an overseas policy? Would I be locked up if I said anything bad about the late Osama bin Laden? I mean, of course, this wasn't well thought through, but because it doesn't need... Well, it's, uh, it's from Sheila Jackson Lee, and she doesn't think very well, because she's 
he's a stupid. To be. We know that their every effort is aimed at censoring speech, right? The Democrats know uh, that in order for them to be omnipotent, they need to be able to control words because if they can control words, they can control, control thoughts. And ultimately what they're after is brainwash. And by the way, yeah. they've been really good at brainwash, if you, speaking of what you just spoke about. Now, I had mentioned this uh, survey done by Summit.org in partnership with McLaughlin and Associates about uh, two-thirds of Americans saying that critical race theory divides people. Americans are saying they're done with hyper-agendized curricula like CRT and transgender studies, which only divide our students from one another, their parents, and even reality. Yeah. That's all by plan, by the way. It's all by plan. And fortunately, America is rejecting it. But realize this has to be taken seriously because they are going to continue to fight this battle. Even if you think it's absurd, they are going to continue. They're going to try to drive this home every day. Why are they doing this? You have people that are graduating. I just talked about this today. Graduating Harvard who actually believe that men can be women and women can be men. And all we have to do is change our minds. So they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're after. And ultimately what they want is full power and control over every single person and their households. 100%. And then there's this. And this is what I said earlier. I said that we have to start uh, we have to start humiliating them, embarrassing them, making fun of them. And while we're doing that, realize that they are still deadly and dangerous to our freedom. Oh, I have been laughing, but at the same time, pointing people to the very real truth and said that what they truly want is a totalitarian society. Uh, they are following the playbook, you know, everything that they are after. They are attacking religion. They are attacking the First Amendment. They continually want to remove guns from your household. Oh, I mean, yeah. what does that spell out to you? Where have we seen this before huh. in every communist society that exists? That oh, yeah, there is that. Has existed and does exist today because that is what needs to happen. They need to remove individual power. And what's been very interesting is seeing how they're breaking down people's mentality, right? Right? We are becoming a fundamentally weak country. You oh, have yeah. people that cry at the drop of a hat because they've been misgendered. They're okay. called snowflakes. Of course, they know that they, that these people are not going to be able to take them on in the future. You think these people are going to stand up to government when they can't even stand up to themselves and look themselves in the mirror and say, no, actually. Look at our military recruitment lately. I cannot be this person. I can't just wake up and be say that I'm a man or I'm a woman. So it's 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 so Machiavellian, and it's so important that we keep talking about yeah. it. You can laugh to stay sane. To stay sane but also recognize that something very real is happening in this country and it's dangerous and it's sinister. 100%. And if somebody says you cannot have your opinion and if your opinion is, according to them, disinformation or misinformation, realize you know the truth. I've been saying it for a while. 2023, New American Revolution. Let's take a break. It's a Rob Carson show. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah. Right. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't worry. So the World Economic Forum is going on in Davos. And I had said uh, a couple years ago, I said Hillary Clinton um, uh, and and Barack Obama, they like the concept of an oligarchy. Uh, It's very clear. <clears throat> because our leaders have changed in the last 20 or so years. Uh, people go to Washington, D.C., and they become filthy, filthy, filthy rich, like people leaving the White House who otherwise had nothing uh, leave the White House. Filthy, filthy rich, worth hundreds of millions of dollars, fly in private jets everywhere, live uh, beyond uh, anything we ever dreamed of. This is what's happened. This is what's happened. And this was uh, taken a cue from, from Davos. Even Greenpeace knows. Greenpeace torched the uh, World Economic Forum 
They say that uh, it is where rich and pe- powerful people attend uh, to discuss the, the battle on climate change, yet they hypocritically travel to the summit on carbon-emitting private jets. Well, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. The, Europe is experiencing the warmest January days ever recorded. Um, Europe's been around for millions of years. Thought you should know. We don't have the records going back uh, a million years, but it has been. Meanwhile, the rich and powerful <clears throat> flock to Davos in ultra-polluting, socially inequitable private jets <laughs> to discuss climate and inequality behind closed doors. Uh, just a joke. Uh, during the week of the 2022 summit, 1,040 private jets arrived at airports around Davos. Yeah. And uh, Davos has a perfectly adequate railway system, apparently. Yeah, but but apparently people couldn't be bothered to take the train even even for a short trip as short as twenty one kilometers. Instead, they get on uh, they get on private jets because you know what they're not you and me. And and you know John Kerry, John Kerry, big uh, environment. He's our climate czar. <laughs> he flies private everywhere. We saw the same sort of behavior when uh, when COVID came around. People living by a different set of rules because they rule. Nancy Pelosi closed down every every hairstylist, every restaurant, every gym in California was closed down. She went and got her her hair done. Got a collar, didn't have to wear a mask because they know that they come up with things to control your behavior while they live by a different standard. That's the way it is. Here's John Kerry basically saying that, uh, you know, there's really nothing else we can really do. You might as well throw your hands up because the world is going to end. But we have to go further. I have said this before, but I say it again. I'm convinced we will get to a low-carbon, no-carbon economy. We're going to get there. Why did they come up with carbon? Because I hate to tell you this. Uh, we're carbon-based life forms. <laughs> I just thought you, you, we're all made up of it, and we also uh, exhale carbon dioxide. And they made it into something bad because they needed to control it. And consequently, er, control you. Because we have to. I am not convinced we're going to get there in time to do what the scientists said. Which it may be too late. We're all going to die. Drive that big SUV. Just avoid the worst consequences of the crisis. Yeah. Here he is. Uh, this is really funny. Listen. Just listen to this. Uh, I'll let this, uh, this uh, soundbite exist autonomously, and I'll comment at the end. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, select group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. Oh, it's very extraterrestrial, and I've always kind of wondered that about you. To think about, quote, saving the planet. If you said that to most people, most people... They think you're just a crazy, tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder. Yeah, because you've been saying that the world is going to end for a very long time. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, AOC, Congresswoman, actually says that the world is going to end within like eight or nine years. So what's the point? And then while they're over there concerned about the planet and flying their private jets over there, the demand for prostitutes and escorts has reportedly spiked in Davos. <laughs> The Times uh, publishing an expose uh, in 2020 said that uh, the meeting is a den of prostitution and predators with professional sex workers attending Davos in large numbers. (laughs) Wow. This is about a, a class of people. This is about a uh, an elite. Okay, this is about a uh, a bourgeois uh, leading the rest of us, the proletariat. We feast on the crumbs, 
You think that it all happened in this country, uh, you know, uh, organically? Oh, no, no, no. No, this is coming from Davos. This is coming from, from elsewhere. And, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, people are uh, getting wind of this. I've got uh, more on this uh, later, but we are going to move on because we have a very special guest on the show. David Horowitz is going to join us next. He's written a new book called The Final Battle. The next election could be the last. And he's serious. That's coming up. It's a Rob Carson show. Critical race theory in critical condition. It's the Rob Carson Show. We have a special guest on the Newsmax hotline. I have been waiting quite a while to talk to this man. He's written this wonderful new book. Just got it. Just getting into it. Got the highlighter right here in my hand. The book is called Final Battle. The next election could be the last. The author is David Horowitz, and he joins us on the Newsmax hotline right now. Good morning, or good afternoon, I should say. How are you today, sir? I'm fine, Rob. I've seen you uh, on Newsmax. I saw you last night on Newsmax. And um, uh, one thing that I, I noticed uh, just a couple years ago was out of uh, whole cloth, the Democrat Party started using uh, an expression, disinformation uh, or misinformation. And I thought, huh, that's kind of weird because uh, I think the only arbiter of what could be misinformation would be the government. The government would be the only arbiter of truth, and it wouldn't necessarily be true. Truth, but he, they could say that what you say is, is not the truth. Uh, what are your thoughts on the evolution of this new, uh, this new uh, crushing of the First Amendment using expressions like misinformation and disinformation? Yeah, the Democrat Party has been striving. The, the permanent theme of the Democrat Party for the last 20 years has been to create a one-party state, and that's the way you do it. The, governor is the, the government is the arbiter of everything. Uh, it's, it's so anti-American, so against the spirit and letter of our Constitution. But that's what they're doing. They, they have a well, they're radicals. And as I often like to explain, I was brought up as a radical. I was one of the leaders of the new left. Um, when you're a radical, you really... Your mentality is that of a criminal. It, the system contains within it the means to reform it. If you have a bad law, you can change it or you can abolish the law. Um, but if you're a radical and want to change the whole system and believe that, as the left does and the Democrats do, that the Constitution itself is a white supremacist document uh, and not to be respected. That's critical race theory. That's what our military brass thinks. That's what they're teaching our troops. If you believe that, then breaking the law is revolution. It's liberation. It's progressive. And uh, look the way Biden started his administration. By destroying our immigration, the, the policies still exist. We still have immigration laws, but they're being violated by the White House. We don't have borders. Uh, Biden has no authority to destroy our borders, as he has. 
uh, because he's in the executive branch. His task and obligation and authority is to enforce the law, not to make new laws. That's for Congress and the legislature. So the Democrat Party has violated our whole constitutional system. It does it over and over again. And I think it's just a sign using disinformation. The idea that, you know, democracy is about freedom. People can voice their opinions. When I, when I was growing up, with sticks and stones can break my bones, but name, names can never hurt me. It's a free country. I can say anything I want and so forth. And now what they've done is the opposite. It's what, what they do in Russia and in China. Uh, you know, they, they haven't killed any, but, well, they have killed people. Um, one of the things that I do in my book, I mean, I, I tell the story from the 2020 election, January 6th. Yes. Um, but in the course of telling the story, I expose what their mentality is. For example, um, on, on January 6th, first reaction of the Democrats was it's an armed insurrection. <laughs> then it was revealed that there were no arms. So they just dropped arms and said it's an insurrection. Without explaining how you can have an insurrection to overthrow the government without arms. You can't. So why the term insurrectionist? Because it's the same as traitor. And the Democrat Party wants to delegitimize and suppress uh, and eliminate, actually, opposition. Yeah, they even concocted lies to to defend this, even after it was exposed that there were no arms. But, you know, also, uh, David Horowitz, um, the the fact that we now know that there was uh, institutionalized censorship uh, coming from the deep state, the Department of Justice, uh, the DHS, the HHS, the CDC, the FBI to shut down free speech with regard to everything. <clears throat> including questioning election results of 2020. All of yeah, that was verboten. To question the results because they conducted a massive cam- campaign uh, to make it easy to cheat. And they did it violating all the recommendations of the Carter-Baker Commission on Election Reform, which was bipartisan and which singled out practices that make it easy to cheat like not requiring uh, voter IDs, which is a passion with the Democrat Party to suppress voter ID or to not to require voter IDs. Uh, you don't use unsolicited paper ballots. This is all in the Carter-Baker um, commission report. You don't use unsolicited paper ballots. They're too easy to, to fudge and change. Uh, and if you go right down the line of what the Democrats, they sent out 600 lawyers, a task force, and 10,000 volunteers to change the election rules in every state, and even to do it unconstitutionally. 
It states in the Constitution that the legislatures have the authority over the voting. And in Pennsylvania, for example, which is a key battleground state, they had they took it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is run by Democrats, which is why they did it. Uh, so they they don't want people to. They want to get away with saying it was the perfect election, the fairest election in history. I, I love the way the Democrats lie in such a preposterous way that nobody can believe them. You know, the really disgusting thing, though, also, uh, David Horowitz, is the fact that our American media went along with it, despite the fact that we have the First Amendment. It is That's remarkable. It, it is uh, remarkable. No, it's very predictable, and I, I was really? warning of this. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you it's this. Predictable. It's predictable because okay. the left, starting in the seventies, yeah. systematically took over the universities, yes. urged their faculties uh, of non-leftists. So yeah. it's the, the, our universities are one-party states. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the most intolerant, uh, and, and uh, they institutions and their task as they see it is to indoctrinate uh, students and that goes that's all these media people have come up this way in in communications departments i don't think there are any conservatives well, I know that because I, I went to a very fine school, Northwest Missouri State, a broadcasting school. I'm the most successful alumni they've ever had, and I've never been invited to come back and speak, ever, ever. Let me ask you this. I, I have a, a couple of questions. We're talking to David Horowitz, who's written this wonderful book. I cannot wait to get into your book. I've already, I just got it yesterday, and, I, and I'm just getting into it. Um, comparison between what happened in Brazil and what happened in America. There were a lot of people saying that, uh, that uh, Brazil, um, we should be concerned about what happened in Brazil uh, with regard to the ouster of Bolsonaro, which was fraudulent, by the way. And I said, no, 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 no. They took a cue from us. <laughs> they took a cue from the 2020 election right down to the gulag we have in Washington, D.C. I'd like to know well, your left, thoughts. Well, the left is international. When I was a very young man and wrote a book, it was immediately translated into seven languages wasn't a bestseller or anything, but it was a political book of the left. The left is everywhere on the globe. Um, you know, Brazil doesn't have a constitution like ours. It doesn't have a history like ours. We've gone 200 years and more with a brilliant system that's decentralized, that's distrustful of the government. That's the basic American attitude. Um and the Democrats are trying to wipe that all out and make the government all-powerful. I think the corruption of the intelligence services and the FBI, just the heads that are rotten, um, is very worrying, very dangerous. We are, I mean, one message you get from my book is that we are in dire straits here. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, I realize I realize that we are, and and uh, I, I I thought that uh, the the midterm election would be a, a tsunami. Um, I have questions about the midterms. Uh, you know, you don't normally go into an election where seventy percent of the country said the country is going in the wrong direction, both Republicans and Democrats, and then have an election turn out this way where Democrats are still able to maintain power with regard to the Senate uh, afterwards, and and then people uh, being polled after the election now say the same thing the country's going in the wrong direction so there is something clearly askew in the country well, right now they, they have undertaken look, look when you ask whether the, the last two elections were fixed um there's nobody knows the answer to that because there's we don't have any audits of the voting no attempt was made to see if the voting was fair. But like with this midterm election, you know, in Arizona, they stole it. First of all, the Democrats have spent years destroying election day so you can vote two months in advance. Uh, And they have the organization, the ground force, uh, to, to get their people to the polls in September and October advance of november <coughs> the republicans vote and they also like, have massive ballot harvesting operations in cities like cincinnati yeah. in in places yeah. like st louis and baltimore I, i've seen it it exists it's there and it's and the carter baker bipartisan commission specifically said that 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 is uh, makes cheating easier but if you look at what happened in arizona Okay, all the elections went to the polls on election day. Sixty percent of the voting machines were not functioning. That that that's not a coincidence or an accident. People had to wait in line for hours and hours to vote, and many of them got discouraged. It was a close election. Let me ask you and this real quick. We 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 we're running out of time. Uh, I I hope and I and I have a feeling in my bones that 2023 is going to be the year where perhaps we we right this ship. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts uh, briefly in about 60 seconds about what is going to happen this year and how we're going to fight I, against this? I'm with you. I believe that the turning is already happening. One of the things is that Trump, through his rallies, has created the first mass conservative movement. That's what we need. We need feet on the ground. When I came into the right uh, 40 years ago, looked around, the first thing I said is, where's the ground army? Yeah. So all my ex-comrades on the left have these organizations to harass CEOs and to harass the public officials and get them on there, you know, intimidate them in, into following their game plan. Uh, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton were extortionists. Uh, I, <laughs> they were. Yeah. They oh, of course they are. And said, you know, give us four million bucks or we're going to boycott you as racist. Oh, you know, CEOs are not brave. 
Uh, David, David Horowitz, we, we have to <clears throat> we have to go. We're up against time constraints. I'm I'm looking forward to getting into the book, finishing the book. I would encourage those who who are putting two and two together, like I have on this show, like you have certainly with your expertise, would get the book. It's called the Final Battle. The next election could be last. David Horowitz, um, I'd love to have you on again uh, soon uh, after I've had a chance to fully digest the contents of your book. It would be my pleasure, Rob. All right, have a glorious day, sir. I wish you the best. This is the Rob Carson Show. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. One of the good, David Horowitz, the author of Final Battle, the next election could be the uh, the last. It's, um, I think... Uh, it's it's a short book. It's uh, it's got a lot of great information, and you know it. it, it again, uh, it, it's kind of putting two and two together with uh, regard to all of the nonsense that's been happening to us, all of the things that didn't feel right to us, all of the things that we were told we couldn't say. We couldn't say in a country that has a First Amendment. Really, really, I think we're done with it. I know we are. Uh, and I should be able to say without restriction that I believe. 2020, the election, oh, come on, really? Seriously? Uh, Arizona, clearly a stolen election. You can't say that. It's just, if, oh, really? Screw you. Yes, I can. I can also say that, uh, uh, you know, COVID was overplayed during election year. I could say these things. It's my opinion. And ultimately, if facts are being considered, then you will discover that my research has discovered that I'm right. And that's just the way it is. But you know what? They're going to continue to try to shut down free speech. That's what they're talking about over in Davos. Here is uh, Brian Stelter, the little toady who lost his job on CNN, literally talking about disinformation, something that we already know is just an attempt by the left to shut down free speech. Talk from the newsroom and the, the news publishing perspective, and then we'll work our way toward uh, some of the uh, political uh, parts of the conversation. Uh, how does this discussion of disinformation relate to everything else happening here today in Davos? Um, well, first, uh, thanks for having me as, as part of this conversation. As you can imagine, this is something I really care deeply about. So I, th I think if you look at, at um, this question of disinformation, I think it maps basically to every other major challenge that we are grappling with as a society, and particularly the most existential among This them. is where it gets all sorts of gobbledygooky, uh, all sorts of uh, academic nonsense. So disinformation... And in the broader set of misinformation, conspiracy, propaganda, clickbait, you know, the, the, the broader um, mix of bad information that's corrupting the information ecosystem. Yeah, but the only people who can decide what bad information is or misinformation is, is the government. Here's Brian Stelter talking to another panelist about uh, 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 shutting down speech. For instance, did you know that uh, uh, the U.S. Congresswoman has literally said and introduced a bill to shut down speech that she considers to be either hate speech or white supremacy. Well, we need the people who understand the language and the case law in the country mm. because what qualifies as hate, hate speech, as illegal hate speech, which you will have soon also in the U.S., I think that um, we, we have a strong reason why... We so they have uh, what they call illegal hate speech in other uh, uh, supposedly uh, civilized countries. And, and it is what the country uh, in charge decides what they want to shut down. 
So they, if you disagree with the government, you will be called, What your information will be called disinformation or misinformation. And if that doesn't shut you up, then they'll just say you're spewing hate speech or white supremacy. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. Just pay attention. It'll make sense. It'll make sense. I got to take a break. Come back. Wrap up this version of the show in a second. This is the Rob Carson Show. All right, 2023, the new American revolution that is peaceful but will change the trajectory of our country in a more positive fashion. Uh, check out the podcast. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen and have a glorious day. I'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, do not catch the stupid. See you tomorrow.